Blue, and welcome to Tit Radio, Episode 2. I'm Monster B, and at the round table with me today is Peter without the 64. He's not here. Oh, good eye. <laughs> and Asmus not here. He's getting coffee. Jay Lindsay? I oh. am, too, here. <laughs> Jay Lindsay? Oh, hey. Peg Wall? Howdy, howdy. 330? Howdy. Snap, crackle, and pop? I mean, Zoke. I mean, howdy. Mrs. Oak? Hi. Let's get right into it. What the hell? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sheep says, Peter. Hey! You there, Zach? Not for much longer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Yep. Five minutes. But why am I... I don't care. Oh, my God. I don't need a reason. He's in the bin. That See that pig him. We don't mess around on this show. Yeah. Mrs. A, you can talk. Are you sure? I don't want to be kicked into the bin. Nah, you're fine. You're safe. <laughs> All right, who wants to start off first? I can tell you about my trials and tribulations with my new laptop. All right. I think by now most people know that I've been shopping around and I... I ordered a Dell the other day. Um, now, I know I told this to Claire too at the end of Linux Pranks, but I'll just let people know the sort of thing they're up against when you're ring tech support. Because trying to do a bit of research, I was I was sort of seeing that uh, Dell Wi-Fi or MIDI Wi-Fi card they sell is um, could either be a Broadcom or there was something, some people saying it was an Intel chipset. So I thought, oh, OK, I'll ring up Dell anyway. Um, had nothing better to do. So I rang up and, and I got the same lady, I'm sure I got who told me who hadn't heard of Ubuntu before. She certainly sounded the same. Anyway, I said, look, I, I just want to know about your Dell Mini Wi-Fi card. I said, what chipset is that? And I, I told her, you know, the laptop I'd buy, etc. And she said, it's a Dell. And I said, yeah, I know, I know the name of it. But I said, no, what chipset's on it? And she said... Yeah, it's a Dell chip. And I said, so Dell have a manufacturing plant and they actually make their own chips now? And she goes, yeah. And I said, you, you sure you don't want to ask someone? And she goes, no, I'm sure. <laughs> and I said, I wish I had recorded this. <laughs> and I said, well, just as a matter of interest, where's Dell's plant? And she burst out laughing. And she thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever heard. And then I thought, well, this conversation gone. And honestly, I started laughing too. Like, I wasn't cranky enough, and I hung up that phone as happy as Larry because it was just so funny to listen to her talk. But um, And I decided that's probably what they do. That's why they hire these people. But anyway, see, that's the thing you're going to be up against if you're trying to do research. Um, I actually mentioned that story to Az, and he confirmed for me that it, that it was a Broadcom chipset. So... Uh, at least that way I could start doing a bit of research and find out what I had to do to get it working, which, as it turned out, was very simple. Uh, but the problem, once again, would you believe, uh, when I got it, it finally turned up the other day, I stuck the Zeus disk in it, booted it up, installed it, and no sound. I'm somewhat of a sound expert, but not really. But having gone through all this just a week before with my wife's new one, I had a bit of an idea of what to do. Um, now, 
with hers because it was an acer it was as simple as passing the option model equals acer to the module which is what is it the uh what is it in intel sound module or something isn't it um sound hda intel module that's what it is and anyway so it was as simple as putting model equals acer but with the dell and this is another thing too there's so much information out there that new people have to be wary um that one of the uh when I actually put it in, in Google to start looking for it, one of the posts I found, this bloke was trying to help some other people with a similar or the exact same chipset, but he he went so far as to tell them that they had to install the uh, kernel, the debug kernel and, and rebuild Ulcer from SVN and all this sort of stuff. And I thought to myself, no, you don't have to do that to get this sound card working. But unfortunately, these people who he was helping obviously didn't know enough to think, well, hold on, this sounds a hell of a bit, like, you know, too complex to what what you'd have to do. So that's another thing people have got to be wary of. Don't just get the first post and go through and do what that particular person says. Because once again, it was simple, it was simple of just putting the model number in, but unlike my wife's where you just had to write ASA, with the Dell, I found quite a few options where you had Dell equals M, and I don't know what this means, M4-1, and I found dash 1, dash 2, dash 3, so I had to edit my, it's the etc's modprobe.d forward slash sound file to pass these options, um, and none of them worked. And I thought, oh shit, don't tell me I really have to do, oh, I should send myself to the booby bin for that, sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> you, um, yeah, so I had to keep looking, but what I did was I eventually found out that it was Dell-M6. So once again, the sound was a problem. Um, the camera, which surprised me, going back, what, 12 months ago, maybe 18 months ago, you hadn't got a hope in hell of getting a webcam working with Linux. Now, I, I've played around with Zeus on this laptop, uh, Kubuntu on this laptop. I now have Arch Linux. I put Arch on it last night. Um Every single time, the sound uh, didn't work, but the webcam, the Wi-Fi was so easy. It's just simple as um, installing the Broadcom-WL package and restarting your network, and, and you have the Mod Probe WL. That's the module name. Too easy. Um, now, something else I've noticed with the laptop is there is not one light on my Dell. It's uh, Studio 15, which... You think, well, that's when I say light, there's no hard drive light, there's no Wi-Fi light, there's no nothing. Uh, and you, you might say big deal, but the, also the other problem with it is the function keys, the F1 to F12, you need to hit the modifier FN key to use them. Otherwise, they are the hot keys to turn your sound on and off and muted, etc. But the F2 key, if you don't hit the function key, the F2 two key turns your Wi-Fi on and off. Now, as people who run Flexbox are going to appreciate, you use your F2 key a hell of a lot. So if you're used to just hitting Control F2 to flick to Workspace 2 or the Mod 4 key to, you know, to send a window over there, and you don't hit your function key, hold down your function key, you turn your Wi-Fi on and off. And there's no light there to tell you that you've done it. The next time you boot up, if you happen to done it, you just 
you'd sit there, restart the network, muck around with Wicked, trying to find out why the hell your Wi-Fi's not running for half an hour, only to realise you turned the bloody thing off. So that's, that's something I'm a little bit disappointed with the Dell. What exact model do you have? Well, I've got, got the Studio 15. Um, the only option I've got, that's got the Core 2 Duo to 2 gig, uh, 800 megahertz frontside bus. Bloody, it really is, for value for money around here, it cost me just short of $1,200. But value for money, best machine in that price range, nothing could come close to it. I upgraded to uh, the True Life. They sell it as a high-definition screen, the 1600 by 9 It's a 15.6-inch screen, and I got the True Life 1600 by 900 LED screen. And honest to God, it would be the most beautiful screen I've ever looked at. But the caveat to that is today I sat out on the veranda, and it's that shiny you could shave yourself in it. So outside on the veranda when it's really sunny this morning, it was near impossible to see. Inside, just a glorious screen. So that's something that you really need to check out on any... Because I'm pretty sure um, what Sony have an X-Bright, they all have a very similar thing, probably all made in the same factory. That's something to be um, careful with. Uh, now, the other thing too, 3D, uh, it's got the... And my, my sound card, just as a matter of interest, was the Intel... Uh, shit, something. 40... I can't remember what it is now. Four four eight two eight zero one I, I think it was. But um, anyway, the fact is, I knew I knew Dell sold them in America with a bunch on them. So obviously, I thought, well, it can't be that hard to get the um, sound card working, and it wasn't. The other problem I had with 3D was the it's got the new GMA X. Uh, I think it's a four five zero zero mobile. HD card in it, which supposedly can do true high definition of 1080i. Um, you can also get a bloody Blu-ray player in these, but that was an additional $600, so trust me, I didn't get one of them. Um, but anyway, back to the 3D. In Zusa, as soon as I tried to run uh, Google Earth or Celestial or Celestia, it would freeze. Now, yeah, as soon as I tried to run something OpenGL in full screen, the bloody thing froze. And I've got no idea why that was. Uh, but with Arch, it just runs superb. So, like Jay Lindsay said, it's it probably because it might have a later Intel driver. Or even, it, it could be, you know, Xorg or Mesa. So, yeah, really happy with it. But they're, they're the things people have got to look out for. Really do your research well. And don't believe the first thing you read. Now, what was the, the sound card again? It was an Intel? Yeah, Intel 8, I think it's the 8 i There's quite a few incarnations of it, like a G and a H and that. I'll, um, I might have to get back to you on the exact model. I should know. I looked at bloody specifications that much. But, um, the 8 i Now, how would you find out what, you know, what codec a sound card is using? Um, yeah, that's a good question. With my wife's... Um, what I did, as soon as it had booted, I just ran D-Message uh, Pipe Grep HDA. And that's where I was able to tell that it seemed to be probing the BIOS to try to find out what codec it was supposed to use for this particular sound card. And 
the error message it was getting and then it would try something else. That's where I started to look. I put that into um, Google and that got me on the right track. Okay, so when I got the Dell, I just did a similar search um, for, you know, uh, for this particular sound card, which led me uh, first to that original poster of where the bloke, you know, recompiled or reinstalled a new debug kernel, all that sort of stuff. But a bit more searching and I found people with the exact same problems. So, but always, as soon as you boot your machine, if you've got a problem with hardware, Jaylene, that's a good place to start, isn't it? Just do a de-message and grep something specific to the to the chipset in it. We'll probably get you off to a really good start to start finding a, a avenue to fix it. Yeah, I'm doing a de-message grep right now. What would I put in there? Like, um... well, try HDA. Let's see if that's if that's what it is. No. Um, what what car do you got? It has the HDA Intel. The codec is real tech. Yeah, well, maybe try that. I, I on both mine and my wife's HDA brings up um, in do message what it's trying to do. Yeah, and it, it is. It's an eight two eight o one i, which is a IC H nine family HD audio chipset from Intel. Whatever that all means to everyone. So, so what kind of battery life are you getting out of it? Uh, well, I really haven't tested that so far. Like, I've got about two hours. Uh, and, like, two hours is probably, for me, plenty long. Like, if I go sit on the veranda and do something, that's about it. I don't know that I'd be out there much longer. And if I was, there's a PowerPoint. I'd put a PowerPoint out there. But, yeah, I, I, I haven't tried any of that stuff yet. So you can come out of the bin now, as long as you promise to behave a lot better. Thank you. I will. <laughs> 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 But no, I'm really pleased with it. I mean, I've got it. Uh, I've had three Linux distros on it in what four days, I think. Now I've got Arch set up, and, and Arch is bloody fast. Honestly, if no one's tried Arch yet, give it a shot. The more I use it, the more I get into it, the, the more impressed I become with it. The people who developed that just really knew what they were doing. So, so really, the only problem you had was with the sound. Yep. Yeah, oh, well, and also the uh, the 3D in Zeus for some reason. But I suppose out of, out of that was just Zeus 11, 11.1, I put Intrepid on it, which is obviously a fair bit later, but using a later kernel, and Arch 2 is using a later kernel. So it may have been something that they fixed between, you know, uh, uh, I think 2.7 Zeus is using and what, uh, 2.9, I think Arch and that's using now. So, yeah. But I just sound, and it's funny, I've never had trouble with sound before on any Linux system, and because me and Cloud 2 talked about it, I think I put the mocker on myself. Now, if you would have bought that laptop three months from now, you wouldn't have that problem. Probably would have worked yeah, out of the box. Probably would have. I mean, and really, it, it wasn't that hard to fix. It's in uh, all you have to do is go into your Cetra's mod probe dot d forward slash sound, or it could be also um, dash base configuration, and you, you just put um, like options and then yeah, yeah card sound dash hda dash intel, 
and then space model equals Dell, blah, 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 or whatever it is. It's in, I think on the other show I said it was in user shared documentation, but it's actually in the, it tells you all the different model. If you put in your, um, the model number of your chip, if you go into, it's actually in the documentation section in the actual kernel. So, you know, uh, user source kernel documentation, uh, ultrasound, I think, you'll find the readme in there, it actually tells you if you've got this model chip, then this is uh, the option you have to pass to the um, module as it's booting up. So, as long as you know what you're looking for, you know, it's easy to fix all these things. If you can read, actually, I guess, as far as to say. Because I just want everyone to know that I put Arch on my laptop and Jalen wasn't anywhere near. He was at self. (laughs) (laughs) Here's our party and I was sitting at home struggling. So how was uh, self, Jay Lindsay? It was great. I had a fantastic time. It, it, it did seem a little fast-paced for being one day, though. So it was like just one talk after another? Yeah, they did uh, three talks and then an hour for lunch, and then it was hour after hour all the way till five. Now, so you did they have much like, had ten minutes to get from where you were going to there. Did they have like two talks going on at the same time? Yeah, so well, they had three going on at the same time. Oh, okay. So you had to pick which one you wanted to go to. Yeah, what I understand about that, um, if you weren't able to attend the other two, that it's all been recorded um, by professionals from what Dave was saying, wasn't he? So if you did miss those, you can go and... Oh, even if you couldn't attend self, you can go and you'll be able to download all the keynotes, etc. Right, they had some uh, really nice equipment set up for, for getting all that video. Yeah, so I'd imagine uh, Monster B, you'll be... You'll be putting links in the show notes to all those with a bit of luck. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Oh, no, I was just saying that, that Dave um, Dave was saying that all those keynotes itself were going to be videoed and that um, you might be able to put in our show notes where people can go and watch them when, when you find out. Oh, oh yeah. Dave, well, I it's going to take them a good, amount of, a good amount of time to convert all that and get it onto hard drives and everything. No, oh, right. I'll be using KDEN Live if I take it. Well, that would go without saying. <laughs> so do you reckon it should have been over two days, Jay Lindsay? Spread it out a little uh, bit? I don't know. It, it gets a little tricky and, and runs up your costs when you start going for uh, two or three days. But, yeah, it did seem rushed to do it in one day. If you had several talks that you wanted to see like live, there's no way that you could do it but this way. Well, that's exactly how the Ohio Linux Fest is. It's the same way, one day. But it really does stress the resources if you add extra days. Well, I hope that one day I get to go to OLF in self. Is Dave cranky at me for sending him to the bin? <laughs> no. <laughs> Having not been to OLF or self, there isn't really much I could say about this. Yeah, I really want to go to one as well. No, I couldn't do it this year. Maybe next year, I don't know. I'm hoping next year I can do OLF myself, but, you know, um, I've never run a conference, so I have no idea how much extra work for doing it over two days. 
so there's not much I can say really. Well, get to the bin then. What good are you? Three minutes. Well, that's not fair if you're going to cut me off again in. I'll <laughs> <laughs> teach him. Uh, I noticed that uh, the rooms were pretty much just the right size for the crowd that they had. If if it had been a fair amount of larger of a crowd, they wouldn't have fit in the room. I mean, they um, pretty much had every seat filled in some of these talks. And how many attended roughly? Do you think were they? I think they they had uh, close to 500 sign up, but they they did a numbers check, I think, and it was some like 400 and some. 440, 450. That's pretty good. Yeah, you can't complain. Now, one thing I was really interested to hear was whether Klaatu got his buff off the ground. Uh, uh, as far as I know, that only got a little bit of talk and then it, it never happened. That's because everyone thought it was a bit too happy, I think, a buff. <laughs> That's just wrong. Well, there were buffs there. I mean, <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were spread out throughout the day, but if if you went to the talks, you were completely missing it. Well, I hope that's one thing. I, I never have to attend the boff. Would you rather them call it birds of a feather? Yeah, I actually would. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to recommend a motherboard if somebody's building a system. I bought the uh, the Gigabyte GA G31M. Intel socket LGA775. It's a micro ATX board. Everything on it's Intel. Uh, the chipset, the sound, the graphics. The graphics is a 3100 Express. And the audio codec is a real tech. But everything worked out of the box. And everything is integrated on the board. So if you're looking for a cheap system to build, all you need is this motherboard, a case, some RAM, and CPU, and that's about it. You got, you got yourself a little Linux box for about 150 bucks. Yay, I'm back. No, that sounds cool. Cheap uh, setup. Yeah, I think after have, you know getting this uh, micro ATX, I don't think I would ever go to the full-size motherboards anymore. I mean, this one has everything I need. If I wanted to add you know an extra you know higher-end video card, I mean, it's got the slot for it. Do you have any weird issues like... Um having to have a sound card too close to anything else which causes interference. So now when they first when I was first playing around with upgrading computers, you had to be you know, try and put the sound card as far away from everything else because otherwise it can give uh, a slight crackle. Well this one has, you know, the the sound integrated onto the board. Yeah. Which I suppose is good enough unless you're doing anything really fancy. Right. Well I'm talking on it right now, so this is not too fancy. Yeah. But I mean for for what most people do, you don't really care. So this this board supports the the quad core, core two quad, core two duo. Yeah, I went with the uh, the lowest grade CPU I could find. It was a Celeron 430, and the main reason I went for it not only because of the price, the CPU was only 30 bucks, but the main reason I went for it because it had a, it's a 35 watts at full throttle because I wanted to build a you know a, a quiet low powered machine. Yeah, this is sort of like a server for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it started out to be a server. Now it's turning into like a second desktop. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, I got it sitting right here with Synergy going, so I'm using both computers with two monitors, but with uh, one keyboard and mouse. And you obviously didn't have any trouble getting sound to work. 
No, everything worked out of the box. Did, yeah. well, actually, the only distro I used on this is Debian Lenny. I haven't tried any other ones, but everything worked out of the box. I didn't have to install nothing or try to configure anything. It just worked. But yeah, this, this motherboard will support a Core 2 Quad if I ever wanted to upgrade. But I really like the socket, the you know, the LGA 775. I don't know if you guys ever put one together like that. There's there's um, no there's no pins on the uh on the CPU. Yeah, it's got the little bowls or something, hasn't it? The, yeah, so you can't damage it. It's Yeah, you know, I remember reading that yeah, I I'd imagine they'll all go over to that. Um I remember I, reading about that some time ago. I think the AMD has it on their higher end uh what's that high end chip they have? Not the Athlon, but the it starts with an O op Optotron. Yeah, that's it. Some of their yeah. higher end ones are like that. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, I'd imagine they'll all go over to it, just those little pins. How many of them would have been bent over the years? Oh, Unfortunately, yeah. I've never touched wood. I've never bent one. But, I came uh, close. I had an AMD that I had to take the heat sink off, and when I was taking it, I had to twist it a little bit and then pull up. Well, yeah. the whole entire CPU came off with it. Out of the socket, I just pulled it right out, and I was lucky nothing got bent. Yeah, I've actually had to get the pliers and just... Straighten one a tiny bit that I'd bent over. Luckily, it didn't snap off. But yeah, it's a, it's a really easy CPU to put in. I mean, it's of course you know it's got the little notches. There's only one way you drop it in. I mean, you just just drop it in and pull the little lever and it locks right in. And I think it'd be good for somebody that's uh, you know maybe like Kajari, where you wouldn't have to worry about bending the pins up. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, in saying that, it's someone who's getting old. It- should wear glasses, but he's too stubborn to go and buy them. Would be another bloke. But I, you know, I have no complaints about this board. Um, the only drawback I think it would have for some people, it only has two memory slots. So the the max memory is four gigs. I only have two gigs in there now, but that's plenty enough for me right now. Yeah, I like. I I still argue that unless you're running virtual machines. It's, I only got one gig in that laptop. Um, one because Dell wanted, I think, $134 for the extra gig. And I knew if I decided to do it, I would um, get it off eBay anyway. And the other thing is, too, just having watched my RAM usage on the laptops, you know, it's very rare for me to go over 500. And, I mean, I, I have three gigs in my desktop, but that's purely because I do a bit of video editing on the desktop and RAM probably helps a fair bit. I've never actually watched the, the usage when I run KDN Live, but uh, I'd imagine RAM comes in pretty handy for doing stuff like that. But one gig's plenty. Yeah, that's what I have on my triple E, one, one gig. I mean, the most I've ever seen used was probably 400 megabytes. And I bet you had Firefox over when you did it. Yep. Yeah, Firefox lately just seems to be chewing so much RAM. Oh, and Lost in Bronx... And the chat room asked what the dimensions were for this micro ATX. It's a uh, 9.6 inch by 7.6 inch. And a normal size ATX is, is 12 by 9.6 inch. So it's a little bit smaller. So this would be a tiny little board. You could get, a, I'd imagine, a really nice case if you were looking at building a mini front end or something. It would be a really good board for that. you certainly be able to put plenty of processing power in it. There's a lot of nice cases for that, you know, and I think the micro ATX is pretty popular, you know, for stuff like that. If you 
take a look at Newegg and look at all the cases, it seems that that's the most popular case, that form factor. Yeah. Well, anything about you know, a micro ATX will fit in a regular ATX case anyway. Yeah, they will. They already have the holes and everything in most cases for it. But that would almost negate the reason you're buying it, wouldn't it? Because I think the the back of it's, you know, where all your plugins are, is 9.6 inch on both of them for the micro ATX and the and the uh, the normal size ATX. So the back of it's standard. Yeah, the gasket will fit a standard box. That's no problem. And I think the what? next one below that is the what is it the mini ITX. I don't have the dimensions for that. Yeah, but, but then you really get small. into specialized cases though. Yeah, I had one and I sent it back. It was too much trouble. Yeah, I was going to say that's the one that sort of bent, didn't it? Yeah, it was a. Uh, the, the branding was Zotac, I think Zotac or Zotac. But as soon as I put the the heat sink and fan on the, because it has like four holes on the outside of the CPU, and it and the uh, heat sink goes on, and you have like these push ins. They're like plastic push ins that lock in. As soon as I locked them in, the whole entire board warped, and then it wouldn't. You know, I got an oversized case for it, and it still wouldn't fit in the case. I could have bought a smaller heat sink and fan, but it would have cost as much as the motherboard. Yeah, that's right. Then what's the point? Well, I rambled enough about this. Who you got anything for us, Azimuth? Oh, I don't know. I've been playing with uh, GPS navigation in Linux. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I got a, I got a link here. Uh, I'll uh, put it in the in the forum or in the uh, IRC chat. Let's see, maybe I will. Yeah, it's close enough. Uh, no, uh, what I've been using is uh, a program called uh, RoadNav, uh, get it source forge, and uh, just use it with a, a, a cheap little uh, uh, USB uh, GPS, and uh, you're all set. Uh, you got a walk and talk and uh, road navigation system. It uh, will download uh, uh, all the free maps you can stand uh, for. Every place in the U.S. and uh, they're they are working on it for uh, uh, using uh, the maps from uh, OpenStreetMaps for uh, Europe. So uh, it works. It uh, it's one thing that uh, kind of uh, kept me involved with Windows was to run uh, uh, the navigation software, and uh, I was really pleased to find that uh, I could do this in uh, Linux. Yeah, I. That link up there also has a has a link within it for uh, uh, a screenshot of uh, what what it looks like on my uh, on my Miso netbook. Uh, you can uh, you can get the the aerial views uh, as well as the maps. Uh, it uses the Terra server for the aerial views, and uh, it'll just uh, overlay uh, on the maps, and uh, it makes it quite nice for. Uh, figuring out where the heck you are sometimes. You know, what kind of is device... It, I'm sorry, go ahead, Peter. Oh, no, I was just, just going to ask, is that picture there... So is that using, like, it's overlaying the map over Google Google Maps? Is that what's happening there, or...? Uh, no, that's not that's not Google Maps. Uh, that's uh, that's the, uh, the Terra server. Uh, that's uh, oh, one of the U.S. government sites. These are all free maps. That's... Uh, it's all running open source and, and free uh, uh, government-supplied maps and uh, data. It uses uh, the Tiger data from uh, the U.S. Uh, 
oh, let's see, what it, it's the U.S. Census Bureau that has the tiger data, I believe. But uh, you know, for it, it gets all the 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 vector uh, vector maps uh, from uh, from the government sites, and uh, this is uh, you know, there there's no uh, no subscriptions to get maps to it or anything like you get with a lot of the commercial uh, GPS units. And uh, one thing's nice with it, you you can use uh, just a super cheap uh, USB GPS. Uh, I guess you, they sell them on Amazon for uh, less than forty bucks. If uh, and uh, you, if you already have a, a netbook or a, or a notebook, uh, you you put a forty dollar GPS with it, uh, run the maps, and uh, you've got a, a navigation system that'll uh, even talk and give you directions as you go. Now, with the the uh, GPS dongle that you plugged into your Miso, was did you have to research that to make sure it was going to work in Linux, or just about every single one of them does? Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, it's the 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 uh, the type of data that they put out. Uh, uh, the uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, I'd, I'll have to I'd have to look it up. It's the NE. Uh, it's terrible having an old memory. Uh, NMEA uh, data output, uh, any GPS that'll do that. As far as that goes, you can use this uh, this software with uh, use it with your Garmin if uh, or your Magellan if the if the set to put the the right data out. Yeah, that's pretty standard, I think, because I think that's what the one in the um, boat uses. I'm sure I've read that on just about every GPS I've ever owned. Yeah, that's brilliant, isn't it? And I bet you've never seen a blue screen of death on it like I get at my bloody car, one that runs Windows CE. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take a screenshot yet? Um, Gunu? <laughs> no, we definitely do, and you might include it in the show notes next to Az's picture. <laughs> live, live and learn. Well, I've I've used uh, Delorme Street Maps on Windows for, oh, gosh... Oh, been twelve, fifteen years. I don't, I don't remember exactly how far it was back. Back to uh, what was it, version three or whatever that it came out, and it, it was in the early nineties or some place. And uh, I finally, finally wore out my old uh, Delorme Tripmate, and uh, I, uh, I replaced it with uh, with Delorme's uh, uh, LT40 uh, Earthmate. But it was only forty bucks with uh, with the Windows software to come with it, which I'm not using. But uh, the GPS works fine, and uh, and it just works super on uh, on Linux uh, with uh, with the RoadNav software. Now the the Delorme software it would work uh, in uh, in Wine back uh, oh what 2005 version. But the 2009 version will not run under Wine. Yeah, Wine's missing things that uh, that they want, and kind of ticks me off at Delorme that they don't support Linux. But uh, that's fine. There's other th- there's other things in Linux uh, that work uh, nearly as well, and uh, cost me nothing. Yeah, I might start to investigate and see what that's like in Australia. But I was just looking at OpenStreetMap, but there doesn't appear to be much mapped over here with that. But yeah, could be about open street maps. Well, that you, if you have GPS, you can 
drive down the road and map onto OpenStreetMaps for other people. Yeah, you yeah. can add you can add maps to the OpenStreetMaps. That is an open project, and they uh, they welcome uh, uh, input on that. Uh, you can go out and, uh, and make your own maps and uh, and add to their database. Yeah, and from what I understand, they're a lot more detailed because people go to the trouble of putting in um, like lanes and parks and street posts and light lamp posts and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, the Open Street Map project is uh, is really kind of neat. It's uh, it's a, a, a do-it-yourself project, and there's a whole bunch of people doing it themselves. Uh, Roy and Golfer had uh, have been playing around with that. I don't know how he's uh, how he's come out, but he had he had a lot of tracks mapped on it uh, uh, around where he lives there in Scotland. Yeah, didn't they have the um, the bloke who started it on the Linux Link Tech Show a while back? And recall something like that. Yeah, I think so. Is he, is someone to do with it, the the anyway. Well, well, they're finding ways of putting uh, putting the the open street map data on the uh, the road nav software. So uh, you know where you can use the open street maps in it. Uh, it uh, it they're they're getting places that uh, the the U.S. Uh, Geological Survey does not cover, and. Uh, there's also uh, uh, maps becoming available for it uh, in Canada too, I believe, uh, through uh, the Canadian government. Yeah, I'm going to post a link the, in the, the chat room. Will, will this device work with it? It says it's a USB GPS receiver with Linux drivers available. Yeah, that one on the left. Oh, that the the one on the left is uh, that's the one that Google uh, or, or uh, Amazon sells. I uh, buy that for uh it's under 40 bucks. Really? Then uh everybody uh yeah all, all the the reviews on that one is great. It's a it's a little unit built in China. Got a magnetic base on it and uh, uh you can uh use it in uh, uh even marine situations. Uh it, it it's waterproof. Yeah, that's, that's the one I found. Yeah. Oh sorry. I I was just going to say I found that when as first mentioned to me that he was playing around with this sort of stuff, I found that one on eBay over here. I think it was about eighty dollars, uh, but it looked like the pick of the bunch. And it's the same brand as this G Mouse. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's okay. identical to the one I found. On yeah, eBay. yeah, it's a, it's a BU uh, three fifty three, I believe. Uh, oh, I can't remember the the company that uh, puts it out. It's uh, US Geological or something like that. Look at that! If you want the software, you want to buy it with the software. It's one hundred and seventy-six dollars. Unreal. Okay, the cable that comes with well, it, sixty inches long. Yeah, it's a five-foot cable, which is which is all you need. And it's waterproof. You get more than that, and it's in the way, and it's waterproof. Waterproof magnetic base. So you can stick that on your roof of your car. Yeah, you can stick it on your roof, or, or stick it on the. Uh, doorpost or you know any place that you got metal or if you don't have metal uh don't worry about it uh throw the darn thing on the dash i'm gonna have to look into one of these since i get about seven hours battery life in the triple e this would be nice for a, for oh, a yeah. small road trip if you had one of these you'd take a road trip just to play with it well i uh i use mine on uh a trip up to washington uh see my son and uh it just worked fine all the way it uh 
uh, you know, I preloaded all the maps. I will warn you, you want to preload the maps because when uh, you get out of range of Wi-Fi, uh, if you haven't got the maps in there, uh, it don't know where the heck it is. Well, it knows where it is, but it, it, it won't show you any uh, roads. And uh, I did find one thing with uh, the road nav. If, uh, if you're running it uh, with uh, the uh, aerial view uh, overlay on it, and uh, you get away from your Wi-Fi, and you don't have the aerial views in there, well, it will uh, effectively lock up because it's sitting there trying to trying to pull the maps down. Uh, once it you know it has moved into that area, and uh, it, it won't do anything until it gets the maps. So if I had one of these with no internet, what could it do? Nothing. Uh, well, you you got to have internet someplace along the way to to preload your maps, and uh, it's uh, it's easy to load the maps once you get uh, you know you get the software loaded up. Uh, you just uh, click on a, a state and it'll uh, get the data for the state, and uh, then uh, as you, uh, you you just click on where wherever you want, and it'll pull the individual counties and uh, and get all the maps and everything in them. And so you only you only need to download what you're going to use if uh, you know if, if you don't ever plan to be on the other side of the Mississippi River. Well, there's no sense in getting any maps over there, uh, which which makes it nice. You don't have uh, a lot of extra uh, uh, data used in your computer. Uh, let's see. The brand on that one is uh, U.S. Uh, Global Sat. Is, uh, is people make that waterproof uh, USB GPS receiver. Do you have a, a link to that so I can put it in the show notes? U.S. Global? Uh, well, I've, I've got a... Yeah, I can do that. Uh, that's just the, the Amazon Amazon uh, site for it. But uh, that that's that's one option. There, you can uh, also, like I say, you can use the the Delorme uh, Earthmates on them too, and uh, they're relatively cheap. You could use a lot of but, the Bluetooth uh, devices too, couldn't you? There's a lot of Bluetooth GPS devices yeah, if you yeah. uh, got the Bluetooth dongle for. Yeah, but what yeah. what you're going to end up with the Bluetooth is uh, they that can be fairly battery hungry, and uh, you're. Uh, you're not going to get all that many hours for a long road trip uh, out of a, a Bluetooth uh, GPS. Yeah, good point. Yep. Yeah, those, those um, the BU 353s you can get in Australia for 65 bucks. So that's a pretty good price. Well, I had uh, I had three parties to go to today, uh, an anniversary and uh, two birthday parties, and uh, they were. Uh, 40 miles apart on some of them and I had a, a small window uh, to get in there <laughs> the stupid things all wanted to start at the same time and I had uh, about 80 miles uh, to cover to to get between the three of them and uh, I uh, I went ahead and used uh, used the GPS and uh, the road nav and uh, found my best way and didn't get lost and uh, I, I made all of them on time. But you can't complain about that. I should send you to the bin for bragging about their mispopularity. <laughs> <laughs> Getting invited to three parties. 
Well, <laughs> you can get in the bin yeah. for that. Again? Yeah. Five minutes. You won't be doing that again. Who'd you send to the bin? I was in the chat room. Bloody Zoke. Ah. Uh, that poor guy. That as brag about going to three parties, so it's stuffy we can go to the bin. <laughs> so you just took it out on him? <laughs> yep. He deserved it. While we're talking about sites, <laughs> um, Zoke's a swiping boy tonight. Is that is that the way we got that, Peter? <laughs> well, here I am. I get to be the sheriff. Three thirty's not on. Everyone's just been so nice to each other. I wouldn't have got to send anyone to the bin if Zoke wasn't here. And what's the good of being the sheriff if you can't send someone to the bin? Um, I, I mentioned <laughs> Celestia in when I was testing out. Do you blokes know about that? Have you ever heard of Celestia? Yeah, uh, that's a video editing software, isn't it? No, no, it's it's a lot of people refer to it as a um, a planetarium, but it's not really. It, it, they actually say it's space simulation, and if you said that, you think, oh, it's a game. But now, what it what it is is you can take tours of the whole universe um, in glorious 3D, and I think they used the the textures to um, from NASA, you know, all the pictures of the planets, etc. And if you've never looked at it, do yourself a favour and go and get it. And just once you install it, you can sit there for hours. And me and my daughter, once we get on the computer and, and load it up, and you can get scripts so you can take virtual tours of the universe. And as you're flying around, uh, you know, it'll tell you on the screen about how far you are sitting from Mars at the moment and what you can see on Mars and and all this sort of stuff, and it's really brilliant. Um, yeah, Monster B just part posted the thing, said net Celestia, but then get over to a place called the Celestia Motherload, and that's where you can download your high-resolution images and stuff like like for textures of the planets, etc. plus a lot of scripts and that are on that side as well, I think. The, but honestly, it's one of the most beautiful applications I've ever seen. And if Zoke was here, he could tell you that you can get... Um, a lot of people have done... There must be scripts and images and uh, 3D models of something like the Doctor Who universe and the you know, Star Trek universe and all this, which is a bit far out for me. I just enjoy looking at the real stuff. But um, definitely have a look. Have you put this on your projector yet? Yeah, we do. Uh, me and Little Miss 64, we sit there and we load up a few scripts and just, it is beautiful. It really is. And it it was the first thing I put on my new laptop to try out the screen to see, you know, how good that screen really was. And it just impresses me every time I fire it up. And, that's, and I think Dan asked me once in the chat, you know, um, why I bother with the NVIDIA drivers and, and 3D. And it's really because of this. Google Earth, too, I use a fair bit. But you can just waste hours once you get into this. I'm looking at the screenshots now. It's, it's pretty. Oh, it is. And they just don't do it justice. But just to fly around. And like I said, but um, get the scripts. Because after you fly around, you run out of things. Because you don't know what half the... You can go and visit um, asteroids and... And even go and, and I think you can go and go see where Voyager is at the moment. You know, 
uh, that bloody space probe that launched, I think, in the 70s, which is way out past Pluto, I think, these days. Um, you can go and see where it, that is. And, and the other thing, too, I think you can download scripts for, although I think there's only, what's eight, eight space shuttles left to go, but you can get a script. So when one blasts off, you can get the script and you can actually see and follow it as it whizzes around the Earth in real time and stuff like that. It's just brilliant. And it's all real time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you... Yeah, you can do that with it. I, I'm just trying to think. I had another program that um, you downloaded the actual script from NASA, but I'm pretty sure Celestial did it too. Uh, and you can, go on, uh, you can go to the International Space Station. That's another thing. There's a model for that. Um, you can go and look at the Hubble, Hubble Space Telescope, where it happens to be above the Earth at the moment. Jake, have you looked at this? Well, it's left here. Yeah. Uh, so, a while back, yes, I did look at it. And did you, like, uh, find the TARDIS? I think you can go out and someone's put the TARDIS floating around out in space and you can actually go and look at it somewhere. I, did, I didn't look at that one. I did look at some of the, the Star Wars and Star Trek ones and things, and that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. So some people get a lot of trouble, don't they? But we found the... Um, the bloody TARDIS once upon a time. <laughs> if you find out where it is, let me know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's just a script somewhere on there. And it's, a, it's available in the Debian repo. Yeah, it's in the Arch. It's in the Zeus. Um, uh, yeah, it's showing the KDE front end and the GNOME front end. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it just runs in the browser, really. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. That might be wrong. Don't listen to that. Or maybe originally, I just seem to think it used to run in Conqueror. Or maybe it just looked similar to Conqueror in the KDE front end. Well, what's the the glut or glute front end? G-L-U-T? Don't know. Uh, it's a minimal front end. The lightweight front end. All right. All right, Zilk, what do you have for us? Um, I've got a couple of stories here. I uh, don't know whether anyone saw or is subscribed to the dailycupoftech.com. They had a big list of uh, 100 things that a geek must do before they die. They have this big checklist and links on what to do, and there's things like build a Linux firewall, build a PC, build a robot, build an HTML-based website using Notepad, bypass a computer password on all major operating systems, and I thought it's a pretty funny list. Sorry, Jake, um, what was the site? I'm going to post it into uh, the IRC now. Yeah, you can see it there. But yeah, there's a bunch of stuff here. You know, create music with keyboard. Uh, well, shit. When I was at university, I wrote a well, we had to write an assembly program to convert the bottom row of the keyboard, you know, ZX, CVB, and M, and so on, into uh, a piano player, basically. Uh, download Wikipedia. Know who Mulder and Scully are. Jailbreak an iPhone. Okay, I disagree with that one a bit. Hide a file behind a JPEG. Done that. They should have just said break an iPhone <laughs> over a window user's head. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking more of taking out use it as a um, as target practice. Go for Mrs. Otis. So yeah, that's a good one as well. Yeah, I don't like 45. I think we should condense this list down to maybe 90. Well, yes, possibly. I mean, some of these are a bit naff. Learn how to install I, Mac OS on a PC. Yeah, I think they got to sort of 70 or something and figured they'd try and 
make it up to 100. Um, but there's that one, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, i got an interesting link here. In theory, it helps stop spam. Not because it blocks spam or anything. Hang on. Posted it into the IRC now. What it does is you copy that link and put it on your website, and then when the spammer reads through your page, or the robot reads through the page, it follows this link, and then when it gets to that page, it creates an infinite number of other pages with random garbage email addresses on there. So, as the blurb says, uh, email harvesting bots, otherwise known as data miners, follow links grabbing email addresses out of each page it visits. When one of these bots comes to your site, all sites you've linked get crawled for email addresses. This site renders these harvesters lists useless by filling them with e invalid email addresses. Once the spammer hits this site, they enter an infinite loop of randomly created email addresses, starting with the ones it generates when it first comes to the site. Once a mailing list has been poisoned with a number of invalid email addresses, the resources required to send a message on this list increases, even though the number of valid recipients has not. This forces the spammer to exhaust more resources to send email, in theory costing the spammer money and time. A best case scenario will cause the spammer throughout the mailing lists completely. So, it sounds like a cool idea. So, you know, I think everyone ought to stick a link to that website. It's uh, officeofstrategicinfluence.com forward slash spam, or it should be in the show notes. Because um, I think, you know, everyone hates spam. So that would be a cool idea. And it's got the code. The code's all there, or you just cut and paste it in your website. Yes. Yeah, yep. and it'll create you the link, and that's it. So that one's pretty cool. Um, I've got a funny little thing here, which I shall just paste paste into IRC here. It's a handy cheat sheet for time travellers. Ah, uh, this almost um, sounds like Sinbin material. <laughs> Come on! I think this one's funny, because it, it explains how to build some basic things, uh, so you can claim that everything was your idea. So here we go, technology. Heat milk just below its boiling point and it won't curdle. And 99.999% of the bugs in it will be killed. Congratulations, you just invented pasteurization. Louis. And it goes on, yeah, moving electric field produces magnetism and vice versa. Wrap copper wire around an iron core and run electricity through it and you've got an electromagnet. Don't have any electricity? Put a magnet on a water wheel and put your copper wrapped iron beside the wheel and hey presto, you're converting mechanical energy into electricity. Don't have any magnets, and you know, it explains a bunch of these little silly things about how to do a ton of stuff here. I found it Actually, funny anyway. Yeah, you can waste a bit of time looking through that. You're lucky. <laughs> That's not too bad. Otherwise, you are gone. But yeah, so I, I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, hang this up in your in your time machine. Do you uh, have one? Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't have one. Not yet, right. Well, well, te technically, my body itself is a time machine because it travels through uh, space and time at a rate of one second per second. But Jake, get in the beam. <laughs> I was going to say, Peter, you can see him now. Uh, get him, Monster Get him out of there. Anyway, that was my last two break, minutes. So. Oh, no, you're no, gone. But <laughs> my body is a time machine. A load of shit. <laughs> oh man. So everyone got to go, right? Yeah, I think Joe Lindsay's asleep. Well, I, I would say so after driving eight hours today. 
Yeah, big day. Peg one three thirty, they dropped off. Unlock the laser pointer's full potential. Fair enough. That's on that list. Yeah, I'd be stuffed. Surviving a Linux argument, I'd be out. Well, I really don't have any uh, any feedback this week, so I'll just use the um, the Linux cranks feedback. We How get about some? that? Well, let's see. This guy named Kevin Ridgen sent an email saying, "Let me pull it up real quick." Okay, this, he's sending this to the Linux cranks. Great podcast, guys, and I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, my Zoom does not support the AUG format, so it's it's buy from me. Must admit, changing the format so people can't listen to it is something I would expect from Apple or Microsoft, but that's life. Thanks again. <laughs> Didn't we go through all this months and months ago? Yeah, but we, we've been AUG for seven months. Yeah. So you made it seven months before you sent this in? Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, uh, I can you hook one of those zooms up to Linux? Do they act as a mass storage device? I don't know anything about them. I'm pretty sure they do. Well, then all I got to what was his name? Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Kevo, buddy, G Potter. Try that. It'll convert it for you. It really ain't that hard. But thanks for the email anyway. Um, yeah, we got another one. I, I won't read it because. It was like they're two and a half pages long, but Cafe Ninja sent the Linux cranks a really nice, nice um, email as well, just thanking us for um, the time we spend doing it. He obviously knows we do a lot of research to do Linux cranks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one is is an audio clip I cut out of uh, Linux from the Hamshack. Gave us a mention. Let me pull that one up. So let me run through the first one here. I was on a IRC the other night and ended up hooking up with Monster B from over to Linux Cranks, Linux Podcast. We talked for a while, and he said he really enjoyed the show. And he's not even an amateur radio operator. And uh, those guys, they're a little wild, but they know their stuff. Uh, if you all listen to Chad Wallenberg, he hangs out with that bunch and that kind of stuff. And uh, I was really happy that uh, somebody of that knowledge in uh, in the Linux world would find our show interesting and something that he would take the time to listen to. So I'd like to say thank you to Monster B for uh, his kind comments. And I will suggest that y'all go over and, you know, we try, try to give y'all uh, information on other programs to go listen to. I would suggest y'all go listen to Linux Cranks. I have two things to tell you before you go hunting for it. Number one, it is not family-friendly. So if you go over there and download their program, don't play it around your wife and kids, and darn sure don't play it in front of your boss. Number two, they are hardcore Linux users over there, so it only comes in AUG format. There is no MP3 format. So uh, if y'all want to go over and give it a listen, and I had the URL up, I can't remember what I've done with it, but Russ will find that, and we'll get it plugged in here somewhere. Okay, now I've run my head a few minutes. It's your turn, Russ. I don't have anything to run my head about, except that I did find the URL for the Linux Cranks Ogcast, and they call it an Ogcast because they are hardcore and don't do MP3 formats. And it's at linuxcranks.info. So you can go ahead and download the program there if you're interested in that, and we will put a link to their site 
or I will put a link to their site one of these days when I get around to doing that kind of thing. Alrighty. That's pretty cool, huh? Have you guys uh, listened to them yet? No, you mentioned them uh, just the other night. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, well, now that I've got the new laptop, see, I haven't had G-Potter bothered. I didn't bother setting up G-Potter on the old laptop because I didn't think my new one was going to take so long to get it. So, no, um, I might get you to uh, send me the link later. Well, I'll put I'll it in the show on. notes. As you'd probably enjoy that because wasn't isn't it um, ham radios in Linux? Yeah, I'm an amateur radio operator. Uh, hey. I hadn't found that podcast yet, but uh, now that i found it, I will listen to it. Speaking of G-Pod, I didn't 1601, 16.1 come out? Is it 0.1? What was that, Peter? Um, didn't... Uh, I, just seem to recall you mentioning a new version of G-Potter came out in the last couple of weeks. 16.1 or something? Yeah, I did. Um, I'm trying to think if it's 16.1 or 16.2. I don't yeah, know. But I noticed a few changes. It seems more stable. Well, that's just one application that is just getting better and better. When did we start using it? Probably 12 months ago, maybe? Yeah, I think I started out with like 0.10. But yeah, I remember you put me onto it. Whenever you started using it, I probably started using it a week later. And um, yeah, I quit using it about the time you guys started using it. Well, as I, I don't know why you stopped using it, but you should really revisit it because it did have a few problems there. But uh, sometimes it would pull down the same well, same feeds each time. Well, I'll tell you why I quit using it, uh, because uh, you know, Bash Potter just worked out better for me. I uh, on I have uh, Bash Potter installed on a uh, NFS share, and uh, it's uh, available from uh, any computer on my LAN. Uh, all, all the po- podcasts that uh, I download and... Uh, as well as I can uh, also uh, run it manually anytime from uh, from any computer around here. It uh, uh, you know I don't don't have it all cluttered up on uh, on any particular computer. Uh, it, it's just all setting out on my server, and uh, you know I can uh, I can clean up the files uh, you know the ones I've listened to uh, from from anywhere as well as listen to them. And Bash Potter, of course, is the one that Link did from um, the Linux Link Tech Show. But there's a few incarnations of it uh, floating around the net at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, a bunch of people. Oh, there's, there's probably 30 or 40. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Chess did uh, his own version, for example. I know. Yeah. Dan, I think Dan modified one that just pulled down the last 10. And but anyway, yeah, yeah it's certainly if people are looking for... It doesn't do as much as what um, G-Potter does, I don't think. But, yeah, I used it for a good while, too. No, I'm just using Bash Potter. Well, one thing I like about Bash Potter, you, you go in and you look at it, and it is it is simply a, a Bash script, and you you follow that Bash script through, and you can you, you, you know nothing about uh, scripting at all, and... Uh, you you can follow the darn thing and, and see what it's doing, and uh, by the time uh, you know you, you spend a 
an hour or so uh, j just reading through it and uh, and checking the, the man pages on the different commands it uses, and uh, you uh, kind of learn a bit uh, about scripting strictly by osmosis. Yeah, well, that's a good point. What should I and and it is day? such a such a, a it is beautiful in its simplicity. Yeah, I did use Gpodder a while back. I was trying it out, and so I I said, yeah, make a podcast directory um, in you know Homes Oak podcast, which is where I have Bashpodder downloading stuff. And I said, you know, set up my podcasts and then mark them all as red, so because I already grabbed them with Bashpodder, um, and then said, you know, go check, and it downloaded about three gigs worth of stuff. And I never figured out what that stuff was because there wasn't a single podcast in that list. It was just other files. <laughs> I um, had no clue what, what it was doing that. So then I, I well, said... Well, you, you end up with hash file names in it. Uh, as, if you use it direct, what, what you have to do is uh, just export them to a, to a folder. And no, that's been like, changed like now, Ed. You, use, that they've Has actually it? changed that. Yeah, where before you're right. You oh, they have they, they, they have real, real names on the podcast yeah, where they store them yeah. now? In, in their own directories and that now. That's been fixed in the last couple of, um, oh, last couple of versions. Well, but uh, I mean, that was certainly a big complaint. I've tried to mark everything as red, so it shouldn't have been downloading anything anyway, which is what I couldn't figure out why it was downloading stuff. Because, of course, I used Bashpodder in the morning. It ran automatically in the morning. And then I installed Gpodder and said, well, you know, here are my podcasts. Mark them all as red. Don't download, you know, download from now on. I forget yeah. what the option was called. So it shouldn't have been downloading anything. Yeah, I've and had what, that problem too, Zach. But then what yep. really pissed me off about it was I went in and wanted to, to move the, the podcast directory somewhere else so I could try and figure out what the files were. Um, and it moved all the podcasts it's downloaded and then deleted the directory and wiped out every single other file in that directory. So all my bash product setup and everything was wiped. And that just pissed me off. Because there was no yeah, reason to just delete all the files. So then I, I haven't had that and went, I deleted Gpodder and went back to bash Potter Yeah. And said, I'll give it another try. It really is. Well, I mean, bash does everything I needed to do. Ah, well, bash that's does everything I needed to do. I yeah. listen to pretty much every single podcast on my laptop. So I don't need it to faff around and do iPod things or anything like that, MP3 players. So all I get it to do is download them, stick in the directory, and then run whatever I feel like, Excel or Amarok or whatever you feel like, to, or just even mPlayer from the command line, just to run the, to listen to the podcast. Yeah, another nice feature with Gpotter, the way the old one would do it, if, it, if you get like a bad feed, it would sit there forever trying to read it. Now it has like a timeout feature. So after so many seconds, it automatically time out and go to the next one. I was having problems with the uh, Ubuntu UK podcast. Seems like once a week it would just hang. Okay, I found that web address for Linux in the Hamshack. BlackSparrowMedia.com forward slash LHS. I can never remember that. Do you guys got anything else before I wrap it up? No, nah, that's all for me. So what song do you want to hear, Peter? Yeah, let me think. How about... Sitting on my John Deere, reading my G John letter. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Lou Watson, I believe. Yep, Lou Watson. Name? Yep, Lou Brilliant. Watson sitting on my John Deere. 
Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Drive B. <laughs> oh, and remember, the uh, website is titradio.info, and you can send feedback to a really simple email address, feedback at titradio.info. All right, see you next week, or in two weeks. Sitting on my John Deere, reading a Dear John letter. The more I think about it, I'm feeling a whole lot better. The way she stayed on my case, it won't be hard to forget her. Sitting on my John Deere, reading a Dear John letter. She didn't like the simple life, living on the farm. All I wanted was a wife to hold in my arms. She never liked my tractor, I didn't like her mouth. I'm headed to the back 40, she's heading south. Sitting on my John Deere, reading the Dear John letter. The more I think about it, I'm feeling a whole lot better. She stayed on my case It won't be hard to forget her Sitting on my John Deere Reading a Dear John letter She always liked the country club Highfalutin' crowd I had better things to do Like pulling a plow Now she's history Since I read my mail I guess the chemistry Has gone straight to well Sitting on my John Deere, reading a Dear John letter The more I think about it, I'm feeling a whole lot better The way she stayed on my case, it won't be hard to forget her Sitting on my John Deere, reading a Dear John letter Although she's gone, I still got plenty Still got the farm and the 4020 John Deere reading a Dear John letter The more I think about it I'm feeling a whole lot better The way she stayed on my case It won't be hard to forget her Sitting on my John Deere reading a Dear John letter Sitting on my John Deere reading a Dear John letter Professional. That was good. <laughs> That's better than our normal attempt. Oh wait, am I out of the sim bin yet? I forget. The sorry, the <laughs> the titty bin. <laughs> what 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 booby bin? That was it. Sim bin was a uh, is a uh, hockey, isn't it? Ice hockey or something? Once to read that. Did you see that speaker test thing? You might wait that in the show notes. For, that's just a good thing to know when you want to bloody see if you've got your sound card working. Uh, speaker dash test space. It's just. I'm not posting again. Speaker dash test. I'll try it out right now. Once you give me the command. You got it? No, I'm waiting for you. Okay. No, I, no, I, I have it. Let's see if it works. Should be a lady saying front, left, front, right. Front, left. Front, front, yeah. front, left, front, right, front, left. Front, right, front, left, front, oh, right, repeat it front, five times. Left, front, oh. right, 
Yep, that was it. Yeah. Now, do see, change it to C6, um, 2I, or L1. C6. Front, left. Front, right. Yeah, that's working, because she's saying front, left, centre, front, right, rear, right, um, oh, well, no, sorry, did. yeah, rear, right, but you she don't have a channel. Right, nah, but two speakers hooked up. Yeah, but if you read it, is that what she's saying? You should be getting an output on your terminal. That's yeah. What she, yeah, I'm getting the output, but she's not saying it. Yeah, but if you had, like, when I've run it in the lounge room, I get them all. Can I make her say anything else? Mm, no, I don't think so. Show me, eat boy, show me now. You mean like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't help doing that one. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.